I want to paint a picture for you. It's 1985, and I'm somewhere in my mid-teens. I'm so excited to attend my first gaming convention in the small High Plains city of Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo is a town in the 80s that is definitely evangelical, and I can remember very clearly being very confused in my Sunday school class when I was told Dungeons and Dragons, my newly discovered and beloved favorite thing to do, was satanic and led to devil worship. That's right, for your younger listeners, the satanic panic of the 1980s was real. So even getting a real gaming convention was a huge deal in my young life. I was not let down either. So many firsts. I was, it was the first time I saw all of these old historical gamers play the same game for two days in a row. I didn't even know old guys played with toy soldiers and how boring all the history you had to learn that did not seem fun to me at all. When on the second day of the event, it was a Saturday morning, I walked into the convention hall and walked past some guys putting up a table with items and terrain and miniatures that would change my life forever. You see, these guys, a couple of years older than me, were playing a science fiction tabletop war game called Warhammer 40,000. I had no idea at the time that this product, this creation, this epic gothic sci-fi world of dark armies of various types and styles and shapes and disciplines would come together both incredibly fresh and new, getting grounded in sci-fi I already watched and loved as a young boy. I marveled at the perfectly painted and highly detailed and characterful space works. I was blown away by the amazing variation in color schemes of the stalwart space elves and the heroic space marines. Something changed very profoundly from that moment until now as a 49-year-old man. It was a moment I knew I was totally geeked. Welcome everybody from somewhere in North Central San Antonio, Texas. You're listening to the Geek Podcast with your uh, amiable and lovable host. We've got Chris, Ed, and Dunk. We're going to bring you all the sci-fi, fantasy, geek, anything that we can talk about. Our show is stacked today. We're going to meet the crew. We're going to have our first podcast. And we're going to present lots of good conversation on all the things that you love. Join us for more on Geet. Welcome, everybody, to my dining room on the First Geek Podcast. I'm here with my buddies Chris and my buddies Ed. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. <laughs> And we're going to bring you some uh, some podcast goodness. Uh, I wanted to uh, let everybody know a little bit about um, what we're doing up front. Uh, and really, this this whole podcast came about um, because myself and my three best friends go. Uh, we make pilgrimage pilgrimages. 
Did I say it right? At Pilgrimages? Pilgrimages. Something Pilgrimages. like that. Um, to go see, you know, geek movies, uh, any, any kind of Marvel movie, any kind of Star Wars. Uh, of course, we'll see Star Trek as well. But uh, it, it, doesn't, it didn't stop there. We, we found ourselves talking about um, television shows, um, you know, just anything geek. Uh, that we could think of, and, and for for those of you that don't know, and, and everybody knows at this point, gig culture is alive and well in our world, and really, I mean, runs kind of everything. It uh, definitely dominates entertainment now. It's evolved. It, it has evolved. It's evolved a lot. And and one of the things that we wanted to do was kind of get together and share our in depth and fun and silly conversations about all of this content and all of these things that we do. Um, and and bring it out for, uh, you know, everybody to kind of listen to and share in. One of the things that really got me thinking about this one, and, and I probably told you guys about this, but I was sitting in Batman versus Superman when Batman versus Superman just came out. Uh, this is Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman. It's, I mean, I think it, it's, it did well uh, in the theaters. Everybody went and saw it. And I went and saw it uh, in, a, in a packed theater. Um, but I saw it by myself in that situation. I didn't have anybody to go with. And you guys, for whatever reason, weren't available. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm listening to the end credits uh, roll, and we're listening to the sound. And I'm, I'm listening to these two young boys behind me. These guys probably were 13, 14, maybe 15 at most. But they were waxing philosophical on the movie they just saw, and I was amazed how quickly... The one kid said to the other, this movie sucks. They didn't even get Alfred right. Alfred didn't make Batman stuff. Lucius Fox makes Batman stuff. And after I internally fell on the floor laughing because that was so funny, it really brought to the forefront the fact that you have all of this great content coming out right now, but younger people don't understand that all of the stories that they love, all these stories that they are spending their money for, that they're um, invested in emotionally, all of that came out when you and me and you were young, when we were teenagers. All the comic book stories, all of the Marvel movies that are out now are based on those old tales. And so I thought, wouldn't it be fun to put a podcast together with these two knuckleheads that I love so dearly um, where we discuss exactly what is going on with these movies from a point of view of the people that actually came from the 80s. I was born in 1972. Chris, when were you born? I was 1975. He's the baby of the group, 75. And Eddie? 1970. 1970. 1970. Somewhere, somewhere there. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the 70s. I was, I was, yeah. Somewhere somewhere in the early 70s. I 1972. Was, yeah, 72. I think yeah. you're you're several months older. Than uh, a couple months older. I yeah. think you're like two years. Yeah, yeah. So um, we grew up when all of these movies were coming out. Um, I'm uh, how different things were back then. Um, and, and that's the first thing that young people don't understand these days is that um, things were very different back in the 70s. When I went to see Star Wars in 77, 
Actually, I probably saw it in 78 because it was Amarillo, Texas, and we didn't get wide release back then. So it was probably a year later than it was released to the rest of the world. But when I saw it, um, the big thing in the movie theaters at the time were westerns. We saw westerns or we saw dramas. There wasn't a lot of the fantasy or sci-fi anything. And sci-fi was definitely considered for kids. Star Wars was considered for kids. It just had mass appeal. Um, so the, the landscape was very, very different at the time. And so that's led us to really the idea that we have a little bit more uh, perspective on, on some of these tales and some of these characters and, and you know, where they came from. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about, and that's what we're going to continue to talk about, and we're going to mix some stuff up. Um, a big part of my life is gaming, especially tabletop gaming, like I said in the introduction. Um, so, you know, we're going to be talking about that. Um, you know, Ed is a, a monster Star Trek fan, and uh, he's a, a pretty avid writer and reader and, and um, a, a critical thinker, for sure. I wrote a couple of jokes just today. <laughs> <laughs> And, and always crazy, um, and, and honestly, one of the, the funniest of us. And then Chris, who, who is probably as geeky as all of us put together, um, had at one time one of the most sought-after and badass toy collections on the planet that I can remember. I, w- I was envious of his toy collection. I was, too. Yeah. Uh, the, just the, the Transformers alone that he had in his collection. I, it, was, it was more than met the eye. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely more than met the eye. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of what um, we're going to be talking about. That's what we enjoy, and that's what we want to get into. So without further ado, I would say let's talk about our first subject. And I'm actually going to give this one over to Ed. Ed, what's the first thing that you want to talk about today on episode one of the Geek Podcast? I think today we're talking about Dune. Ed's. Uh, bringing up Dune, and this is a good one. Uh, the new movie Dune. Who was who the new director? Uh, his you, got, name, you just got his name. I, I just got his name down, and I'm probably going to botch it, but it's uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, as as a Hispanic guy, I, I, I want to call him Denis Villeneuve, but it's not. It's Denis Villeneuve. He's um, he's uh, um, an, an awesome director. He's uh, directed. Um, he was part of Blade. Blade Runner, right? Um, the new Blade Runner. 2049. 2049, yeah. 2049. Um, he was... Uh, Did you like that? Did you like 2049? Yeah. I mean, I didn't like it as much as the first one. Well, yeah, it's I mean, really but, hard to... But but I don't... It's really hard to, you know, distinguish the mm-hmm. two after so many years. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, he also uh, was, was responsible for Arrival. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic I, I, movie. I loved that movie. That was such a good movie. You know, and, and so when you look at his his uh, interpretation of Dune compared to David Lynch's interpretation, mm-hmm. one, it, it's almost like you can't really compare the two. Well, right? David Lynch, first off, did his own thing. Yeah. Well, no, he did. But also, I mean, it's, you're talking about the 80s. Yeah. Right? When, absolutely. When hyperbole was everything. Oh, absolutely. Right? When technology was almost non-existent. Yeah. Right, and when music was, you know, hair bands and, and whatnot. As a matter of fact, the soundtrack, the soundtrack for um, uh, Lynch's uh, Dune was was ascribed to Toto. 
That's right. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, That's right. And, 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 and uh, I think his brother, you know, um, well, you know more than me about that. that, yeah. But when you look at the the new soundtrack for uh, Dune, Villeneuve's uh, sound, uh, soundtrack, oh my goodness, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. I mean, that was a layer of, of our, our artistic creativity that just blew me away. The, the music itself. Was the music incredible. is something else. I'll, I'll tell you, those two, they really remind me of kind of a modern or a millennial version of just for the time that we're in of a Spielberg and John Williams. They pair together mm-hmm. very, very well. And well Hans Zimmer... How, how are you using millennial here? Well, in the, in just in the term of where we where we are in time, not, ah, okay. not, not their not a generation. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, they've paired on several projects, and, I, I, you know, Hans Zimmer I followed since Gladiator, yeah. the Gladiator soundtrack yeah. way back in 2000, I believe. Um, really, really good composer, um, but I, I think the, the way he styles his music... To the way, Denny, Denny, Denny. How do you say his name? Denny, Denny, Veneuve, Veneuve. <laughs> to Mr. Veneuve's films is fantastic. I thought he did a great job on the follow-up um, to uh, Blade with Blade Runner. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, of course, I, I thought Dune coupled, you know, not just the visuals, but the way that the audio is, and even the experience when we saw the film. I thought it was just not just an assault on the eyeballs, but the ears. I just thought it was just this perfect Nirvana mix. Of yeah, I mean, when you mix the when you mix the music right with the cinematography, with the writing, you know, everything was this puzzle that just fit together. It was a great tapestry mm-hmm. of of, of cinema, cinematography, cinematography, right? Um, and when you look back at Lynch's, at the time, we we're like, wow. This is awesome. Because one, we were kids, and oh, it was new. I remember not getting it the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, for, for, for we were kids. I hadn't read the well, book. Well, it came out in, it came out in 84. That's and right. we were 11 or 12. Right. Right. And this was post-Star Wars 1, Star yeah. Wars 2, you know, and what, Star Wars 3 even. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, Battlestar Galactica have come out. We've seen Flash Gordon. We've seen all of these other sci-fi things. The Star Trek has mm-hmm. come out. You know, so when Dune came out, we're like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, it was about? the difference between consumable and not consumable, or not easily consumable science fiction. Well, not, not, not even that, but even Frank Herbert's book and the philosophy around oh, Dune yeah. in and of itself is, is about this agrarian lifestyle right. that was associated to this utopia. That and, and, you know, you can see the politics and the philosophy at combat with each other. And, you know, to, to me, the worms... You know, were, were, were this great understanding of how he wanted to approach, you know, agriculture and, and d- different things mm-hmm. in life. That, mm-hmm. that So anyway, when, when you look at it, you're like, I, I, I don't get it, but let me watch it again. Yes. And I did. Exactly. And I, and I watched it again. Yes. And I watched it again. And over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years... As people still didn't really get it, we claimed we got it, and there was a cult that was built around mm-hmm. it, you know, and, you know, the idea of the spice and the Fremen and the, you know, the, the, everything. Well, was, okay, first off, Frank Herbert's book, that's one of the greatest science fiction tales it is. ever, and, and has informed and been a voice for so many other science fiction properties, the Star Wars included. And we thought it was going to elude. 
mm-hmm. the the ability of of filmmakers and directors to create something suitable to represent the a, a great interpretation yeah. of that book. But I I really do believe Denis Villeneuve's you know reproduction of it that the first half of the novel anyway. Right, because it ends right after... It's cut in, it's Paul, cut in two. This right, one's cut in yeah, two. Yeah, this one's cut in two. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it ends right when Paul, I believe, kills a Fremen in this holy holy battle. Right. Right, this knife battle. And, right. And then we're cut, and we're like, no, we want more. And then it comes <laughs> right. out that he's not going to come out until 2023, and we're like, okay, that, <laughs> we, can, we can wait. But Well, you know, we can wait because the movie was so good yeah. that it set you up for that payoff of the second... It's the second movie, but first off, because we haven't said it yet, the the first movie is exceptional. It's beyond exceptional, in my opinion. The first movie, uh, not not Lynch's. Uh, the first it, it, first it of is. this series, the when, new when, the new films. But when it comes to the um, the 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 science fiction genre, when it comes to the movies that have been released, the you know when you when you compare them to each other. Mm-hmm. I really do think this one is one of the top ten. Absolutely. Of all time. Absolutely. Of all time. Agreed. You know, when when, when you start looking at, you know, uh, at different movies are there, even within the Star Wars franchise, and, um, you know, even compared to some of the, the TV series, like Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. you know, out there, this, this one is definitely up there in terms of um, um, science fiction um, filmography. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, and just a... a, a a classic amazing story. Th- this story could have been told 20, 30, 100 different ways. Yep. The absolutely. way it's told in the new movie, um, it, when I watched it, it was familiar because I know the story. I've read the books. I've watched the David Lynch film. So it was familiar, but also it was so much more expanded. All of those things that you missed in Lynch's film, mm-hmm. I felt like we got in the new one. Uh, and, and not necessarily... Like I had to see the people, or, or but just a, a perfect example: the Sardaukar warriors. We see fleeting glimpses of the Sardaukar fighting in David Lynch's, and you because of the the movie alludes to it. We know okay; those, those are the badass space, you know, army. And everything's so blocky. It is. It's very you know, blocky. It's is, very eighties. The edge technology back then <laughs> wasn't around. The idea of you know, or just it was. You know, blocky. it's funny you mentioned that. They, there's a there's a YouTube channel I watch where uh, these guys, and it's pretty pretty popular YouTube channel. These guys are VFX artists, and so they have a weekly show where they'll take things and, and examine it. And since they all work in the industry, they have very interesting insight into how these these. Items are created back in the day, and they they took Dune, David Lynch's blocky shield generators, <laughs> and they um, they made shield generators like that for the new movie. So they took the scenes out of the new movie with the new shields, but they David Lynched them and, and used that old. And they did it a couple different ways to try to show people how it could be done with the new technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super interesting if you're into that kind of geeky hmm. FX kind of stuff. Does but it remind it was, you of Tron? And any, and any no, Tron because thing? only only because this was after Tron, and it was such a leap after you know the technology. Right. Okay. But but yes, in that vein, yes, right. absolutely. Um, but they made which, which I think also needs to be you know mentioned. Tron I thought was a really great oh, film for its time. Tron was epic. Yeah, epic. It's, it's, again one of those top ten films that that you can't leave out. 
Now, I, 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 and when you talk about soundtracks, also, you know the you know the soundtrack of the Neutron. Holy moly, that was great. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the Neutron. Was it Daft too. Punk? Daft right? Punk. Yeah, yeah, Daft Punk. Yeah, great. It was really good. The, the, and I, what I think is so funny about all the movies that we've mentioned up to this point, we, we've talked about Tron, we've talked about Dune, they were failures. Yeah. And the original Tron, that was a massive failure for Disney, and I, that, that movie really came full circle and, and became a franchise for them Fa- after it failures, failed. Failures that came out of our generation yeah. of science fiction, right? Because yeah. when you think about it, even Battlestar Galactica, which was late seventies, oh, yeah, still part of our generation. Seventy eight, right? But but that miniseries, right, that came out in the in the early two thousands, right? Wow. Yeah. That, oh yeah. That revolutionized to me how I think a Star Trek should be done. Well, that's because of the the executive producer of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's just exceptional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, did do Star Trek. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. He did do so, Star, before yeah. they, you know, unceremoniously kicked him out. But yeah. So, so back to Dune. One thing that... Sorry, we got off topic there. No, no, I just want to rope, rope <laughs> us back to that. <laughs> um, you know, when I watched that as a kid, uh, the, the 84 one, like you guys, I didn't get it. And yeah. as I attempted to rewatch it in high school, so we're talking 1990, I still didn't really care for it. I worked at a video store when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know, they allowed us to take movies home. Yeah. I took that... David Lynch movie home probably once a year and would try and watch it and I just got to the point where could, I would, could you not get through it what was the just, what was the hold up I, it, it just didn't resonate with me okay for some reason and I I read Dune the book well, and, I, th- I think it was that and, way for a lot of people I don't think a lot of people got it and I, I don't think that's why it did very well in the meeting when I met my wife she had talked about how Dune was just the Dune universe was one of her favorite mm-hmm. universes so she mm-hmm. introduced me to you know we watched it again mm. that's Maybe there were ulterior motives and, you know, trying to understand it better at that point. But I got it a little bit more when yeah. she and I watched it. And that led us to watching Children of Dune from, that was on the Sci-Fi Network at the right, time. It was a mini right. That was very different. But still, it, it was it a was. good story. It they they good, tried to this trace. Was, that was late see, 90s, early 2000s. Late yeah, 90s. This yeah. Been, yeah, this yeah. was yeah. about I 2000. I remember they watching mm-hmm. that yeah. thinking, wow, where's this going? Right. But when right. we saw the new one. For me, taking that story from the book and I, the the thing that I think they they did really really well was allow it to breathe. Yes, allow it. Gave like it some space. About Duncan. Exactly. It gave it space to breathe. Yep. And it gave it, it gave us a chance to actually soak in that universe a little bit more. Yeah, and really generated kind of a lived in universe that I, I think to me resonated. Yeah, really, absolutely. Really well. it definitely helped me help immerse me and and really just help me get into that world a lot more. Well, I can tell you, so. I can tell you the mark of a good movie for me, um, and I'm probably the easiest on the movies that we watch of the three of us is if I look up and the movie's over and I haven't felt like any time's passed. Exactly. And Dune was exactly that way. Uh, like you said, Ed, when I got to the end of Dune, I was like. It's over. I want more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm and, very much in anticipation of the new and, film. And just to paint a picture for anybody that wasn't with us when we saw that, <laughs> that's true. We saw that on a theater that probably hasn't been renovated since 1986, 1987. My we're, chair. I, I felt we're like at the chair River frame. Yeah, we're at the River Center <laughs> Mall in downtown San Antonio at the IMAX theater. At, at the, the IMAX, IMAX theater that I used to work at when I was in college. Did, did you really? Yeah, and they've renovated it some. 
So that, say, the, that the, theater was not the same as it was. Those chairs we were yeah. sitting on probably were there were the, before you started there, the, though. The, 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 the chairs that we sat in were definitely the chairs that were there. <laughs> oh, straight yeah. out of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, I sat, when we sat in that theater waiting for the movie to start, I sat in such discomfort yes. to compare the chairs that were when, there when you're lay versus back and... what the recliners you go to now when you go to the movies. Exactly. And for me to, to completely, you know, I, I, I was already grumpy feeling the frame of my seat because the, the cushion for my seat was broken. Yeah. And I sat in that thing and I felt the frame of my seat like hitting my thigh. Right. And I was thinking this is going to be a really, really long, terrible afternoon watching this movie. And to Duncan's point, the credits roll and yeah. like, that's it. Holy the, cow. The, the only thing we wow. knew to mark the time was our backs were hurting. That was yep. the only thing. Yeah. Uh, but I we agree. sat through there and enjoyed I, it. I would say, like, it, it was almost like our body, at least in my case, my body, like, banked that pain yeah. to decide to say, here's two hours, the last two hours or two and a half hours of pain. These are on me. Because you weren't paying attention before. <laughs> Let me go ahead and put that on you now. You know, one, one thing we haven't talked about yet is the uh, the, the comparison of the, of the actors and the characters that played. That's a you good know. point. You know the the um, the characters or the actors within Lynch's, you know, we, we think back to them. And back then they weren't really big, except for maybe a couple, right? Like Pat, Patrick Stewart was, mm-hmm. was a was a known character, and Ma- Ma- Max uh, von Sydow was way lesser lesser known. Max von Sydow was yeah, probably one of the more was, known. Folks. You know, but but you you look at um, Virginia Madsen. You you look yeah. at um, um, who even Kyle. McLaughlin? McLaughlin, yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. He was young. He was young when that was. Um, Dean Stockwell was wasn't necessarily a well known character. He, yeah, but but after this, they, they really came into their own. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. In, in this new movie, though, there even the even um, uh, Paul, you know, uh, Timothy, right, Chalamet. Yep. Is he's been in some really good films. You know, he's not well known like some no, of the others. he's an exceptional young actor. But he was an ex- exceptional yeah. young actor, yeah. you know. And so you, you've got, and I wrote some of these down because because I'm, I'm old and, and I don't remember. <laughs> but, you know, Har- Javier Bardem was in it. Yeah. You know, um, Dave Bautista oh, was, was, was in it. it. Mm-hmm. Scary as hell. I was really scared. Yeah. I was really scared by two actors. Um, and until I saw them, I was like, Oh, this is this might not go well. But the first one is Jason Momoa. You I know? can see where that might scare you, but and, and I have a lot of faith in that guy. Well, he he I, is I, a I, I talented, too, talented cat. I, I have him pigeonholed in a couple of couple of from a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's 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 sure. played in Game of Thrones and Aquaman because that's what the industry's done with him. Sh- sure, but, but that's yeah. also my head. Yeah, sure, my, sure. My, my imagination sees him in a couple of roles: one that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and one that I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what was the and, one you didn't? The Aquaman. Oh, that's right. You didn't like Aquaman. That's I right. did. Oh, well, that's you right. know, I I enjoyed the character from Snyder's perspective. Right. Right. But right. He, you know, in, in the in the Snyder verse, I really enjoyed how he changed. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not in the Aquaman uh, uh, movie, but when, yeah. when they all came together. Yeah. You know, all, at, at the, I, I really enjoyed his characterization of Aquaman. But well, I well, did that's, not. Uh, that's going to be a uh, topic for another episode. But I definitely want to get into Zack Snyder's yeah. Snyderverse and yeah, absolutely all, everything. So, so Jason yeah, Jason Momoa was was the first character that I, I I was really impressed by in this movie. I was like, oh, can mm-hmm. can Jason Momoa really do a good Duncan Idaho? And he did. And he did. He did the Duncan Idaho. He hit it out of the park. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, that was that yeah. was epic. That yeah. really was. The the second one was Josh Brolin. 
Oh, yeah. I wasn't really sure how Josh Brolin was going to cut because, again, I pigeonholed him. Yep. Yep. You know? Well, I mean, and the role that he's playing is is important and deep. It's a, it's a deep role in the book, and in, in, even in David Lynch's film, it's it's an important. Well, I mean, you got to compare him to Patrick Stewart because they played the same. Well, you got to compare him to roles. early Patrick Stewart. Right, right. It, sure. It, it's it's I mean, not like this is, this, comparing him now, no, but yeah, no, I get the, you. The I get your point. Patrick Stewart of 1984 was the same Patrick Stewart we saw in Excalibur. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and that's the that's well, the Patrick still a, Stewart. Well, he's still a Shakespearean my, sure. trained actor. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, the 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 legacy that Josh Brolin has left, right, has is is significant, and especially in the latter four or five years, I feel like he's one of the most underrated actors out there. But I'll tell you, he's also an actor that really commands presence when he's on the screen Yep. And, you know, he always, it's funny that you look at anybody that was, you know, we we associate movies when we're kids. Yeah. You you think of, hey, he's the older Goonie, right? Mm -hmm. But that that dude has done more to escape, I think, that when you look at... Oh, he became a real actor. Yeah. Yeah. The the variety of roles he's taken. Yeah. But I have to say, after he he voiced and motion captured Thanos, you hear his voice now, and his voice is just like, Oh, oh my God! You know this dude yeah. like just grabs you. I, I mean, what, look, that's right. the the yeah. Marvel, especially the last two Avengers movies, those were some of the best pieces of entertainment I've ever watched in my I, life. Again, so, several yeah. of the top ten movies yeah. out there were the two last Avengers. Which yeah, I, 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 I maybe heard a rumor that those were the last Avengers movies that were going to be put out and and and, and force like that. I, I as I, opposed I to would believe that, you know, that that's the case. You know, yeah. and, and I can see it ending like that. I hope it doesn't because I think there could be some stuff done, but if that was the way to end the Avengers yeah. together as as a that's movie franchise, that those two movies were the If way you to had do ended it. the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been the way to do it. Right. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Part of me says, "Man, you should have just wrapped it as it was." Well, <laughs> we'll talk about the Eternals later, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to, to go along with the rest of the the um, the actors and characters that are associated with this film, I mean, you're you're talking about um, um, what's his face, um, Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Oh po- yeah. Poe Dameron. Love. Holy moly! I did not expect him to be you know the Duke. Yeah. Uh, and when he was, and he pulled it off rather, it was great. Rather mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm curious. Th- this wasn't a Disney film, right? This was this wasn't funded by Disney. No, no, right? no, no. Because you have several Marvel and Star Wars characters within this. You've I got just Zen- think you've got some Zendaya, of the best you've got Josh yeah. Brolin, yeah. you've got Oscar Isaac, you know, and and Jason Momoa, and you're like, wow, they they've just pulled all of these incredible science fiction actors well, look, to come out. That, and, if that, you, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna go break ahead. in right here. If you are gonna remake Dune, if you're gonna go through the trouble to remake a arguably a, a great translation of the book in David Lynch's film, but if you're going to make that book, which in all honesty, up until the 80s couldn't be made in the cinema. Well, because, because you, you didn't necessarily have the pedigree of, of um, filmmaking that you do now. You, you didn't that, have the special that, effects. That, 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 even even the, the pedigree of director. Because when you look That's at, when you look at David Lynch, yeah. right, what, what, he, he wrote um, Twin Peaks. He was Eraserhead. Eraserhead. It it starts and stops with Eraserhead. If you don't know, Eraserhead is one of the greatest independent films of all time. It's weird. It's almost unwatchable, but it's still brilliant. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah, but I mean, in the weirdest way. But he was also responsible for for Wild Heart. 
Yep. Right? Uh, Mulholland Drive. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he was movies. He was not your science fiction director. No, no. He, he was a storyteller. He was a storyteller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he, I think to some degree he told a disjointed story with technology that wasn't ready. He did what he could with you know, what he and, had. And, and he, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a great it was a great attempt and it's become a cult classic I think because of it. The book uh, be, the book was a, already a cult classic before he wrote and directed. Absolutely. It, I mean, it, it was it was there, but he furthered the genre, he furthered the understanding of Dune. But right, I, he he wasn't the right in my head the right person to make that movie at the time. And I think we've been well, so scared I, to, to have... And different directors, I think, have been so scared to, to do Dune justice. And I think Denis well, that's, I think that's real. Yeah. Denis Absolutely. has done a... He just hit it out of the park. I, I think the other thing, though, and this kind of circles back to what Duncan said at the beginning, this really shows, you know, you talk about the, the caliber of actors and, and everybody that they had, the caliber of director... Marvel has really punched this genre to the mainstream to allow people that may not have tackled anything more yep. than, you know, that would traditionally look like, I mean, you look at, at Blade Runner 2049 or, or Arrival, more of a cerebral science fiction yep. thing. This has really given that leeway to, to kind of punch through to get these caliber of actors. I mean, now we're at the point where pretty much any name actor has probably been in a comic movie of some sort, some sort of Well, yeah, sci-fi because of the predominant yeah. entertainment. That just genre. shows you like how yeah. far that's punched through to allow the caliber right. to not be afraid to tackle something like that either. You know, I think I had an error just a little while ago. I said I included Jason Momoa in the Disney Star Wars thing, and he's not. He's... And he's only because, only because they haven't found a good character probably, for say, Probably yeah. not yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was DC, not Marvel. So. No, no. I, yeah, I got you. I, I knew what you meant. Um, yeah, I think, look, it, it, it's... The, the thing that's different about the new one that I really enjoy and that I really love is that um, unlike the David Lynch film, you can watch the new one. You can follow it. It's not a mystery of what's going on. Uh, it's It explains itself very well. It lays out the story very well. And they there's not the ham-fisted attempt at the internal dialogue the way David Lynch had his... Oh, that. But but, you, but, but but the internal dialogue is part of the book. Agreed. Agreed. That's a, that's an integral part of the book. It's an integral part of the book, and I think he did a great job. But it doesn't. It, there. It, it doesn't necessarily work in this context. You're, you're, right, you're right about yeah, that. Yeah. You know, I th- think that, it services the book a lot more than it do, ever did the movies. It, it made sense. I mean, when I was watching the, the David Lynch film, it made sense to me because yeah. I read the book. Right. You know, right. like oh, like they're completely. Um, they're they're completely. Oh, oops, hold on. No, it's okay. Just put a closer put a closer face. There you All go. right. They're 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 completely. That's um, much better. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, sorry, I was having technical difficulties on my microphone. Um, I, I think it, it made perfect sense to me back then because I was reading, I was watching the book the way that I was reading it, except that the interpretation didn't make sense to me. Right. Explain, explain what you mean by sure, that. Sure, sure. When, when you're reading something, yeah, you've got the creative juices in your head, and everybody's saying things a certain your way. Your, painting your, the your mind is painting the yeah. narrative for you. Right. When I was watching this this film, the, his narrative was going on, and I wasn't getting it. Mm-hmm. I, I could understand that. You know, it's, it's almost like he's reading the book, and he's got people playing the parts. Yeah. But it, it was the wrong. 
it, it, it felt like it was being done in in the wrong meter in, in the wrong in the wrong sure, way. Sure, I get so, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, well, uh, so we go to the the IMAX, the busted IMAX. We see the film. <laughs> And as we're about to leave, this is usually typically the time where me and the boys look at each other and say, did you like it? Did you like it? And we have our little beginning conversation. Mm -hmm. And I looked at these two gents because we've been trying to put this podcast together for a long time. And I said, don't say a word. We're going to save everything for the podcast. Well, (laughs) dude's been out for a couple of months. So that'll let you know how how long it's taken us to get this down. But we did want to have this discussion. I think it's a, it's a good one. Um, That's a, it's, it's rare because it's rare that the three of us agree on a movie that, that, (laughs) Um, up and down that that completely because we don't ever agree on a movie that completely in most cases some but but not usually so um, I, I would you know it's, it's interesting you we're, we're going to talk about this but it's our tastes in in movies mm-hmm. when it comes to comic or science fiction or even fantasy to some degree um, they're they're all they're shifts they shift from time to time for sure right? yeah but but it's interesting to see how they shift, you know, and wh- which one of us might be so far away from the others. And That's I've noticed true. I've noticed that differently. And, and and lately, I feel like I'm the odd man out, and, and it's very difficult for me to to agree with some of the things that you're saying. So I'm I'm, I'm going to really enjoy. Having these conversations think, with you. Because, uh, yeah, that's true. Usually Chris is the odd man out. Yeah. Usually he's got the more critical <laughs> mind Chris, of the three of us. Chris has historically been, has over been. the course of the last several years, he's been, been historically not the odd man out, but the most critical of the films Any of the films watched. we've watched. For yeah. good reason. I mean, I get I get where he's coming from. But lately, you know, I, I feel like there is this this change, and, and I'm the person well, that... What is that about? I don't know. I uh, I slipped the disagreement baton into your car <laughs> the last movie. So, well, you, yeah. you, did you did you bring that voodoo doll when right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I, I think look, we we uh, f- first off uh, of all of the three of us, I'm the most agreeable about movies, especially comic book movies. The reason for that, I think, is because comic books were a big part of my teenage years. I was an avid collector and uh, read, read basically anything I could get my hands on, especially if it was Batman or um, Iron Man or, or one of the, the those those titles. So, um, I, Chris and, and Ed have told me, you Duncan, you like everything, which is true. I do love escapist cinema, um, comic book movies are the most escapist of the escapist cinema other than like a star war or star trek or something like that um and i i go to the movies with very much a popcorn mentality i don't take things too seriously i really just like to go and enjoy and lose myself for a couple of hours well i mean it's hard to take science fiction seriously right but i mean mean, it depends interstellar was pretty serious and that was a a pretty good it was a good movie but it wasn't very serious serious. the science behind it was trying to be serious Okay. <laughs> so, so I, I think th- so. This this is a, this is a good um, litmus test here. Green Lantern. Did not like Green Lantern. Green Lantern. 
Did not like it. Did Ooh. not like Green but Lantern. But I'll tell you, I tried to like Green Lantern. As did I. I remember I, seeing I the trailer. The character. I was excited. Yep, when yep. I saw Kilowog in the trailer. Yep. Oh, I know. Kilowog, yeah. Right, you know. That's cool. But, and and I, I, love, I love Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I do too. I yeah. think he's just an in, incredible He Deadpool. was a different actor at the time, though. He, he was. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't his acting that created the narrative or the plot or oh, the storyline. Oh, no, line. no, no. That story was right. bunk. He wasn't, yeah. He wasn't the problem. He no. was not the problem. No, no, no. In fact, of all the stuff in that film, he was probably the highest point of all of it. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm glad we agreed on that. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree we hated Green Lantern, we but can we can all, all agree that <laughs> definitely can agree Ryan on that. Reynolds was okay anyway. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, that, that was Dune, guys. Um, but, oh, yeah, but, but, but. Uh, my point that I was making um, um, to just to bring everything back to uh, close out the segment is, e- even though we don't always like everything the same, the nice thing is um, there's so much out there right now. Everybody gets something they like. I feel like whether you know whether we anticipate that we're going to like it or not. In most cases, with the exception of Ed recently, because he's he's been very dark and emo lately about. I don't know. Film. It has anything to do with emo. I'm kidding. I'm totally. No. I'm, I'm oh, being oh, silly. Okay. I'm, of course. Oh. I mean, obviously, it's not being emo. I'm just being silly. But um, I, I think to, to to me, the the most frustrating thing about going to the movies with these guys can be we get to the end of a movie that I personally just loved and thought was really good and these guys are like yeah it, it kind of sucked let me tell you this let me tell you the reasons why and they just destroy the movie for me well you know, you know so, so you know I'm, I'm gonna bring up a couple of things and 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 I love Star Wars mm-hmm. and you know the the, the the four five and six for for, for me are the holy trilogy of, Star of course Wars. me too you know I I, I think um, Two was okay. I think three was better than two, you know. And I was good to to leave it at three. The prequels are now loved. You know that, right, Ed? No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're, 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 they're much in my head, much better regarded now than in, they were in, in my when head. They came out. One didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it should, right? But you know, and there's several. We will, we're, I think we'll, we'll have a Star Wars. We will definitely have yeah, a Star we, Wars. We, we uh, definitely have to. We're, we're going to have to t- dig in right. each of the trilogies. But, now. but when seven, eight, and nine came out, you know. The three of us were super excited. Yep. We went to go watch them. We had we had, you know, drinks and we brought first showing, buying first tickets showings. months in advance for yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I was the I think I was the person in the middle. Like I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I loved it. And, and Chris hated loved it. it yeah. And Chris hated it. Yeah. And so I sided with Duncan and I sided with, with Chris for various things within them. And and I think for the most part, for the last, you know, several years, that's kind of how we've functioned. Yeah. You know, oh, in yeah. terms Absolutely. of in terms mm-hmm. of review. But I've seen the shift. Right, <laughs> it's not. It's not nice. Well, the shit now. The shit's okay because look, it keeps our conversations interesting. It does. It's the whole reason we're on this podcast right now to begin with. Yeah, and it um, uh, has definitely um, furthered and blossomed our friendship for sure. Yes, the, the, the love yeah. of this entertainment is what keeps. Um, these three old farts together, and and I have never known nor been friends with people longer than I've been friends with these two gentlemen I'm sitting with right now. So that will tell you something. Well, I, I definitely agree. And uh, just to end the Dune thing, I give I give Dune five spice worms. 
Five spice worms for Ed. Actually, I gave it five Eds. Five Eds. Wow. Five Eds. Wow. Wow. High praise. High praise. I would give it five blocky shields for my review as well. Um, and yeah, Dune, Dune was a goodie. Don't don't worry, fans. We are not going to agree on movies like that uh, in most cases. But uh, Dune was exceptional. So yeah, I think I think we decided to do Dune because we knew that we were going to all agree on it first, and we didn't it's a good want to safe. Yeah, we we, we didn't want a good to safe in, one, right. We didn't want to introduce so much, you know, conflict right away. Because <laughs> I because I think that you know I, I I'm I'm the new Ebert of the. <laughs> Uh, That means you're going to lose your jaw? Is that what that means? Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That was a low blow. That That was horrible. Roger Ebert's okay. That's a good dude. (laughs) So we have Edward. You know his dad, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. I know. Poor poor Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, way way to to bring it down. Way to go. (laughs) So you're our Edbert now. Yeah, Edbert. I love it. I love it. More movie segments coming up in later episodes. Now it's time, though, we switch directions here. We're going to talk about our TV roundup. We're watching lots of good TV shows right now. Um, I'll start off with one of our favorites, one of my favorites, Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. Um, okay, so everybody's finished Book of Boba Fett, right? Absolutely. Everybody's seen every episode? Yeah, everybody. Each, each one of us has. By the way, is there any problem with the mic right now? No, everything. No. no. Okay. We're, we're, we're still learning, so we're trying to get everything squared away. But, yeah, uh, so Book of Boba Fett uh, is a, a, the show on Disney Plus right now. Um, it features um, Boba Fett from the prequels, or the actor who played Jango Fett, and, and now he's playing Boba Fett. What is his name, Ed? Um, his name is Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison. Yeah, Morrison. Yeah, that, that's right. Tomorrow, tomorrow Morrison. That's it. Yeah, that, that's his name. I thanks, Ed. As usual, right on, right on the money there. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, no. First off, he's um, uh, he's of Maori descent, uh, New Zealander. He's from Maori descent. Uh, he's been in a lot of famous movies, and he's actually from a famous family. Uh, his family um, are his multi generational entertainers uh, in New Zealand, so you've got that playing on it. Um, but the the key thing for us is, of course, Boba Fett. We finally got a a more of a background story for the the bounty hunter, uh, greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Um, we've the the show furthers his his um, story. Um, but what I think is most interesting is um, Dave Filoni's take uh, on this story. Because what he did with Book of Boba Fett was tie in the Clone Wars in a lot of major and significant ways into this story as well. Um, there are some problems with the Book of Boba Fett that I've heard from other people. Uh, and I want to get into those first, but but before I, we we talk about that, Chris, what was your opinion of Book of Boba Fett? Book of Boba Fett was a little like a roller coaster ride. It had some really really good parts, and a lot of parts I think that really helped expand overall things that we might see in passing glances, uh, such as the Tuscan Raiders. I thought diving yeah. into their culture was oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, the train, 
you know, the trains, the train heist was really a, a neat scene. It had some really, really good things, but I think my biggest problem with that are, are a couple of things. One, the story, at least the way it flowed, mm-hmm. was largely stalled. It didn't actually feel I've like it moved forward. i a lot forward. of people have problems with the, the way the story it was, was the, told. The pacing was very off. Okay. Um, I, think I think the that's other a fair thing assessment. Is, by and large, Boba Fett as a whole was a character that was appealing because we didn't know a lot about him. He was somebody that originally, was that, yeah, he was yeah. that ruthless bounty hunter. And when you saw Vader explicitly point at him to talk about no disintegrations, and it's like, man, this guy means business. Yeah, he something play is, something's up with this right, guy, right? And then to see that he goes from that. To, he's this guy that wants to be a friendly crime lord. He wants to take over Jabba's, you know, crime syndicate, but ought, but do it in a friendly way. Well, uh, you I, know, I don't I, know how friendly it is. I definitely saw him blow up a couple of guys that I, tried to yes, attack and, him. And my my hope at the end was there was a little foreshadowing when he when Cad Bane had said you're still a killer. Yeah, my yeah, hope yeah. is that was a foreshadowing line that we're now he's established is what 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 his little empire is going to be going forward. My hope is if we get another season of this, we see that. But I think by and large, the problem with this is it it you pulled the mat you pulled the helmet off, so to speak, mm-hmm. to the point where you it's largely a story that really didn't need to be told. It didn't really do much for his character. Well, um, it didn't do much for the character that we know. It did, however, grow the character. I, because yeah, I think I, the yeah. whole point of the journey of the book of Boba Fett is you've got a guy looking for the thing he's never had in his whole life, and that's a family. Sure. No, I'm serious. I'm saying what I'm saying is, you have a character that is growing older. He finally he he gets put in the Starlight Pit. He's got to deal with that. He was in there for how many years? I think they figured out that it's like five years that he spent. So I think what it was, he wasn't necessarily in the pit long, but he was with the Tuscans for. He, he was in the. With that's the right. That's for right. Multiple, exactly. Multiple he he years. escapes yeah. from the Starlight Pit relatively. Soon, but then he's with the Tuscan for years. Tuscans for, for years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so what you see is a guy that goes from a ruthless bounty hunter and a killer, and a, and a hunter. I mean, that's what bounty hunters are in Star Wars. They're hunters. They hunt creatures across the galaxy. Um, and and you see him transform based on his journey with the Tuscans, mm-hmm. his journey um, working for Jabba, and that then changes him to be a guy looking for a family. So, that, and that's something I can actually <clears throat> really relate to. I think the, uh, I think the issue you have, you have to measure, you know, you never want to give the audience necessarily what they want, so to speak, because in the story will never develop. The character will never develop. I understand that. I think the problem though, is the mystique around Boba Fett has really become the, the, the lore and the things that that at least for me really interests me around that that did interest me around Boba Fett have really become what the Mandalorian is. Sure, and I really felt like that That's episode a good point. that introduced yeah. the, or that we saw Din Djarin again. Yeah, and we see him go through you know where he's challenged for the dark sable, and mm-hmm. all this is happening in the Boba Fett show. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I think a lot of that is the stuff that, at least to me, really is the stuff I'd like to see a lot more of. They've set this whole world up with the Mandalorians and and the lore between Clone Wars, between the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. couple, those that especially that one episode of Boba Fett. And I guess one of the things with the show that I was really hoping to see a, a little bit more of, and they kind of alluded to it in the second season of Mandalorian, Bo Katan 
basically looked at Boba Fett with disgust and said, you know, not, you know, not with a clone when there was a, a scene in a bar mm. mm-hmm. in one of those. Mm-hmm. And it really hinted that there was something with at least my takeaway that was, you know, man, the Mandalorians obviously don't like clones. Well, no. But what's the story with Jango Fett? And uh, Jango Fett obviously was not afraid to take his helmet off. Clearly, all that transferred to Boba Fett. He didn't care about taking his helmet off. He even referenced that in the fi- the finale of. Well, because you're talking about he's not Mandalorian. Well, no, no, he is. No, Jango. He does not follow the the Mandalorian. He doesn't follow the code. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. There's a bit of misunderstanding here. The the code that Din Djarin follows is the code of the foundling. Mandalorians. Right. In other words, the Mandalorians that left Mandalore and created the foundlings. Okay, and now these are people that that took any race in to be called Mandalore as a uh, an ideology, a way of, um, you know, processing that the religion of the warrior for mm-hmm. the for the Mandalorians or whatever. So yeah, you've got that group of Mandalorians that they do not take their helmet off. They have a very strict code. They know that then that code is there because of the purge. And the purge is the the Imperium coming through. A and night just, of a thousand okay. tears. I'm, I'm going to come in here real quick. I, mean, I, okay. I don't mean to be the, uh, the antagonist here. But the official Star Wars account on Twitter says Jango and Boba Fett are not Mandalorian. According to Prime Minister Almec, Clone Wars episode The Mandalore Plot, Jango and by extension Jango and by extension his son aren't actually Mandalorians. They just wear Mandalorian armor. Well, that's directly contradicting the retcon now. Then, because you remember in uh, the Mandalorian, the second season, Boba Fett shows his armor's basically his armor's lineage, and shows that he he's Mandalorian. His that Jango was Mandalorian, and all the the people that own that armor before him were Mandalorian. Yeah, it's been now a that while, may be I'm a retcon. But, but what I'm saying is that that is Mandalorian armor, and that lineage might come from somewhere, and he may have inherited it somewhere. But, but he can't wear the armor unless he's Mandalorian. And I'm not saying he's of that race. What I'm no, saying is, I understand is he's from he's, not Mandalore. He, he, yeah, he's taken right? that. But, but identity. He's, he's taken on the persona of. A, a, a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. there there definitely was that sense of, and that's kind of where I was going with that. Right. Was I was just really hoping the show overall would explore a little bit more of that. Now, not knowing that, you know, what Ed was just talking about, but to me, I was really interested in seeing a little bit more of where his story relates to overall Mandalore as it sits in this time frame. Who, who Mandos or who Bobas? Bobas. So it's not, he's not going, he has no relation to Mandalore. Right, uh, apparently not, according to what what you've read. But well, that, yeah, this but is, this is but what even, I was. This is stuff I was that. hoping. This is stuff I was hoping to see out of the show. Oh, okay. Right? Well, I mean, and historically, you and I, you, all of us know that. I mean, he wasn't raised on Mandalore. He didn't no. have any association. No, he was raised on Camino. Yeah, he was raised on Camino. Right. Well, until he left. Well, I mean, yeah. he he is to some degree a clone. Right, I mean, well, actually, he is a clone. Well, he's, he's not the a clone. Un- he's, he's the unaltered. He's unaltered. He's, he's, well, he's, he's the unaltered. He is a perfect clone. Though. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Good point. But I think uh, overall, with the show, it was it was entertaining for what it was. It had some great battle scenes. I'll tell you that season I finale it was highly entertaining. The the, the I it was very very entertaining. That season finale where scene where him and Din were 
basically like putting all the cards so on the table awesome. that their armor was able so to do, awesome. shooting yeah. every rocket, yes. every that yes. you know every that was pretty. I mean, that was pretty cool. I, there was a there was a couple of great things in the show that I really liked. It, it, number one is Finnick Shand. Ming Na Wen playing Finnick Shand is just she's badass. That character's badass. The assassin scene at the end of mm. of the series, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was um, great. You know, and I I really like what the show did for her character. Um, I also like the mods. I thought that was a clever little little thing that they put in. You, you guys know what I'm talking about the 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 builders. The no the the um, the kids. Oh, the kids. Oh, the, mods, the yes. yeah. They, they were really exactly what he does at the end of the movie or the show too with what's his face um um the the, the sheriff. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm curious, oh, yeah. what they I'm curious what they gave him or what they what they did to him. They, they gave him some mods to keep him right, alive. Yeah, I, I, but I, yeah, I, it is interesting to figure out what they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about the after credit scene in the, the last episode, season yeah. finale of Boba Fett. What's the, what's the character's name? Um, I know it's it's gonna escape us. You're gonna or yeah, hear it and be like, yeah. Oh. Li- listeners are gonna know before we do because we're old and we can't remember every doggone thing that we see uh, as it comes out. But yeah, the the. Timothy Oliphant character. The Marsh- He's the marshal. Marshal, right? yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, he he was first off. That's a that's an awesome character. Vanth. Thank you. Cobb Vanth. Cobb yep. Vanth. Yeah, um, that's an awesome character. That's a character from the comic books. That's a character that's been explored in other Star Wars um, um, media. So it's a little bit of a, a fan uh, love there as well um, that they did. But um, that character was played really well, and I'm glad they didn't kill him. That was I was happy that. But that leads to like number the number one coolest thing, in my opinion, about the book of Boba Fett, which is we got to see Cad Bane in in real life. I mean, in, in that like, was that was when I saw that. Yeah, there were a couple several things went into my head when, yeah. I, when I saw that. As a matter of fact, that that whole episode, because when, when I started seeing that, when I saw Ahsoka come back in, and right. when I saw the right. Mandalorian and, and Grogu, mm-hmm. and you know, that, then Cad, and I'm like. Dave Filoni may have produced this. Or yeah. May have oh, yeah. Because <laughs> well, we just immediately went into exactly what they were trying at, to do at, with this whole thing and tie this back to the Clone Wars. Yeah. At this point, Dave Filoni's the man as far as Star Wars is concerned over there. Him and, and, and um, uh, the, the main guy, Favreau, Favreau John yeah. Favreau, um, those guys are really running the show over there. Cad Bane's live debut at the end of that episode was, was legitimately big, scary. Like yeah. you felt that threat when yeah. he said, "Hey, the you know." So as as a matter of fact, this this episode was written by both Dave Filoni yeah. and Favreau. Yes, but yes. it was directed specifically by Filoni. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yes, yes. and yes. you can definitely. And that's tell why that, right? when, when I saw it, I was like, "This is Filoni." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. the one before that, I was like, "It's not a. It's, this is not a Rodriguez." I like identifying yes. who may yes. who may, yeah. who is driving this. Well, especially thing. when we're getting like Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. and and uh, Dave Filoni and, and well, John Favreau as directors. Those guys are amazing. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Another one did awesome. the one right before this. One. Yeah, and she did uh, episodes of The Mandalorian as yep. well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she's yeah. great. She's great. No, it's uh, the, look. Uh, I, Book of Boba Fett premiered um, shortly after Christmas, right? For j- first week of January, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, or, or early around there. De- December 29th. Thank you, December 29th. So, so right after it was a, like, a little late Christmas present for all of us. And I watched that first episode, and I just thought, "Geez, they're going to make another great series." 
And I've, I've since then, I've, I've watched the videos on YouTube, the, the Easter egg videos and all those things. I don't like watching them before I watch something, but I definitely will watch them afterwards. And I've, I've noticed the same trolls come out to play. The same hater aid comes out. My biggest problem with all of this, especially with regards to the Star Wars, um, <laughs> the Star Wars universe is there's, there's not a Star Wars that hasn't made over half a billion dollars, if, if not more. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, is, there just isn't one. It prints money. It, it, that's exactly right. Everybody goes and sees Star Wars. So if you want to slam Star Wars, cool. Okay, you're entitled to your opinion. You still went and paid your money to go see the movie, and you're still going to go pay your money to see the next movie, mm-hmm. which, is, which is what I think is so critically funny and stupid about Rotten Tomatoes and our 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 culture of trash everything and and nothing lives up to anybody's standards let me tell you something people out there in the podcast world and this is duncan's very straight sincere i don't care if you don't agree with me or not opinion wow you're looking right at me no no i'm just i'm looking at you guys as as proxies for the audience that i can't see right now and, and what I want to say is, is fundamentally comes from my, my soul, and that is your opinion does not matter any more than anybody else's. I don't care what you think about how Star Wars treated you in your 13-year-old life. <laughs> I just don't care. And the reason I don't care is because, A, there are only a couple of us that have been around to see all of it left. I'm being silly, of course. There's lots of people that have seen all of Star Wars, but we're getting older. We're aging, and we're we're definitely aging, I think, somewhat out of the newer stuff that's being created in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Now, not the three of us, because we'll eat it, you know, eat, sleep, and drink anything Star Wars. But if we were passive fans, um, we're aging out of some of the stuff. Now, having said that, It always strikes me how many people rush, I mean, make complete jackasses out of themselves to say how much they hated Star Wars, why, and why their opinion matters. Mm. Thoughts. Well, Feelings, we, boys. So I guess my question is, are, are we doing that same thing? We our are. Opinions? And you know why we are? We have perspective. Okay, we've seen all of these films when they came out, not on VHS or DVD or Blu-ray for you younger folks. So we remember before there was a Star Wars. Doesn't make us any better, just gives us perspective. Okay, doesn't make our opinion mean anymore. Our opinion doesn't matter any more than yours. We're just happy to give it and put it out there. But if you are going to go watch something, like it or not like it, understand that everybody's opinion counts and i guess i think what really bothers me about like a rotten tomatoes rating i can't stand rotten tomatoes i think it's the dumbest thing ever first off there are not millions and millions of rogers and eberts out there we're not gonna, not. we're not going to ever be sponsored by no. rotten no. tomatoes i guess no <laughs> rotten tomatoes you suck um uh so so you know all of you um um armchair uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert's out there, uh, save it, okay? Save it, all right? Especially when you're talking to me about Star Wars. To, now, look, I, I'm not going 
to um, the the Judd Apatow fan club and saying trashing Judd Apatow movies. Um, one because I like Judd Apatow and, and his films, but two, just not trashing just to trash it because it's not my favorite form of entertainment. You see what I'm saying? I guess I've, I've, I've diverged here. I've really gotten myself into this little hole that I've dug for myself because my, my two co-hosts don't want to contribute. But but what I'm saying to you is... Well, it, it, I, I think we, we're not contributing because you're just so vocal right now. And that's that's probably what it is. But, but what I'm saying is Book of Boba Fett was good. It wasn't perfect, but it was good. And it was worth every hour I spent watching it. Or 30... Five minutes. Whatever, whatever it was. Uh, well, I watched them twice. <laughs> I watched them in the two in a row. But it, but it was worth the entertainment value. So we can be critical. We can we can trash something or, or like it or not like it. But let's all have some perspective well, about I, I, about what your opinion means in the grand scheme of things. Well, I, think, uh, I was just going to say, I, I think one of the reasons that we're critical of this, especially the Book of Boba, right, is, is because... What is being put out there right now affects canon, right? And Does it, though? Because we thought that with Legends, what we now call Legends, that was all canon. All those books, all those comic books, all no, the, not, all the talk, pre-Disney I, stuff. I, I'm not talking about books. I'm yeah. talking about actual filmography. Well, no, no, same, same difference. E- e- even, even all of that stuff. They're considered canon. Yeah. Those are, if it's on the legends, film, e- no, even not the le- legends. Well, if it, well the from legends, that period of time. Yeah. The, the books are not considered canon. No, 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 because they're the not anything, anything, considered anything pre-Disney right. purchase is now legends. Anything post-Disney purchase, comics, books, et cetera, are all considered part of the canon. Right. Right. Except for the original filmed items. So New Hope, Empire, Return, those are canon. The prequel, the prequels and Clone Wars. Prequels yeah. and the Clone Wars. But they any of the any of the books, any so, of the yeah. comic books. So let's let's put this out there then, because you know, Clone Wars, the the, the animated series, yeah. is that canon? Mm-hmm. Canon, yes. It is. Okay. Is Rebels canon? Yes. Rebels was yeah. uh, was a Disney. It's post Disney, yeah. So now and I'm going this way because Filoni has a really and John Favreau have a really big impact on this right now. So mm-hmm. Mandalorian, is that canon? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett, is that now canon? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is that we're being critical about this because what's happening in the context or... Uh, oh, they're changing the characters that you they're, love. They're changing the characterization okay. of the canon that yeah. we've identified with. Yeah. And so, you know, just like with Marvel, we we have a, a concern. Oh, crap, why are they doing that and not this? And but so are we more forgiving with Marvel? Because they've changed a lot of stuff in the Marvel Universe. I mean, a lot of stuff. So I guess we'll, when we talk about Spider-Man, we'll talk about it. Well, I, I don't mean you, me, and Chris. I'm saying... a. a, a, a Population of Americans in general. I think there's a thing though to take this back to what mm-hmm. you're talking about, Duncan. There mm-hmm. is a, an issue with to use the term "so and so raped my childhood." They're, <laughs> they're raping and pillaging my childhood. If your child, like, look, my childhood was well, defined just, a lot by science fiction. Silly. But that's yeah. yeah, it's exactly it's ridiculous. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Gobbled, but that's gobbledygook. That is gobbledygook. <laughs> that's the what we're, that's what we call in my home millennial nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly look look. Uh, you can. It, you're allowed to not enjoy something, but like Duncan was saying, it, it's okay to not enjoy something. Or if somebody else enjoys it, it speaks. Every nothing is going to speak to every person the same way. That's true. And yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you, like to your point, Ed, I kind of accept that this is like a like Star Wars now to me exists in in my head in three different ways. Mm-hmm. I have Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. I grew up with those. Yep, that's its own thing. 
Then there's the thing that was one, two, three, four, five, and six. That's its own thing in my head with Clone Wars. Two and and three. But do you think that they don't all like fit the same timeline? No, no, I just I, I I think of them like for me, if I'm gonna watch the original trilogy, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch the DVD, the, the the pirate DVD laser disc rips that I have. Okay. That are unaltered, no CG, they're not special edition. They're the ones I grew up with. Greedo shoots first. Or Han shoots first. Well, Lucasfilm's so. gonna well, go. I was about to say well, yeah, yeah. I know, I realize I tripped <laughs> that up. But and then there's then there's the you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, and six, and that's the ones where Greedo shoots first right. and, and you've got all the different um, you know, modifications to the films. And then you've got the post Disney stuff and it's just, it's a roller coaster. And sometimes you're going to like the, the, the hill that it drops you off of or the loop it does. And sometimes it's just going to kind of be flat for you, but that's okay. I will say, and I'm probably the most crazed and fanatic of the star Wars fans at this table. And that's saying something because you guys are pretty huge star Wars fans too. I will say Disney has created the first piece of star Wars. I didn't really care for which is, um, the the latest um, uh, animated uh, Star Wars was that Resistance. Resistance. I didn't oh. care for that either. I, no, and Resistance is not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's very very Disney and very very different. It was bad. It was bad. There's there's some great <laughs> stuff. The cel shaded animation I love. Dude, oh, the animation was fine. Yeah, I just I thought the story as a whole didn't go anywhere. Bad. Well, the story didn't go anywhere because the trilogy stories didn't go anywhere. I was under the impression yeah. that the latest thing that they re-released was Bad Batch. Now, the I, yeah. latest thing they released was has bad. been Bad Batch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I loved Bad Batch. Don't get me wrong. That That's I that's actually forgot, I actually forgot all about Bad Batch. That's day <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, mean, I guess... But, Kimmy, I mean, there, there, are, there are two central figures in all of this that have shaped the Marvel Universe... And the Star Wars universe yeah. within the last four or five years. Okay. And that's Jean Favreau. Yeah. And that's Dave Filoni. Yeah. For, for yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, that's and, true. You're right. Yeah. And, and to see them come together in a Star Wars, yeah. you know, um, in this Star Wars um, recounting or creation of the of these new characters or characterizations is incredible. Right? I was pissed off when Luke Skywalker... Offered Grogu Yoda's lightsaber. Oh, oh, I want to hear this. <laughs> Let's get it. Why? Because you don't offer a master's lightsaber to somebody who doesn't even comprehend what the Force truly is. But they didn't say that at all. They said Grogu has forgotten. Probably because of PTSD. There was trauma. Yeah, what trauma. That was the implication I got. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but, but even at Grogu's age, mm-hmm. when he can't even communicate... There is a level of comprehension that needs to be understood for the Force, and I feel like a total geek here, but I guess that's what this is all about. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that offering him somebody that is so um, uh, just so beloved to everybody. Are you talking about Grogu? Yoda. Oh, you're talking about Yoda's lightsaber. When he offered Grogu Yoda's lightsaber... Well, we've got a whole like list of things wrong with that scene from a from a is it canon standpoint. First off, as we know in episode three, Yoda lost his lightsaber when he's trying to get away from uh, from Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine in the Senate chambers. Right, mm-hmm. he loses. Now, what we don't know is did he go back and get it? Was it found later by somebody else and was returned? We don't know that piece of it. Um, 
But we do know we'll get a we'll get a twelve issue limited series, about uh, a limited that. limited edition series, yeah, mm-hmm. probably. But what we do know is that um, there was a life for Grogu at the temple before sure, the of fall. Course, of course, before we, the fall. I, I'm I'm not disclaiming that. Yeah, I'm not saying that 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 didn't happen. What I am saying is that being offered. Even Grogu, who was a student and mm-hmm. never completed anything really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is being offered this this artifact. I have one. I have one comment for you then. Sure. Episode two. Obi Wan comes into the chambers in in the Jedi Council, and there are younglings with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. They're just as young, if not mentally younger than Grogu, because Grogu's fifty at this point. And then I have one comment for you. Okay, talk to me. How did they get those lightsabers? Because all the they had to create them, they, not those. No, yeah, that training, is actually the training not sabers. There's an episode. Okay, yeah. the, then those were training sabers. Well, he Grogu's can make his uh, training saber as well. And you're right, but those training sabers didn't belong to a master Grand Master Jedi. But it was a completely different time. Uh, okay, sure. I, I, I mean, I, it was. I, I think Luke could have created a training saber for Grogu instead of handing him something that is so beloved as Yoda's potential Jedi lightsaber. But don't you think that was the point he was saying? This weapon came from a powerful master of your no, race. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. From, from an emotional perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to understand, but from the Jedi's attempt at Buddhist philosophy, saying that there is no emotion tied to these things that we're using, that's what Luke is doing. He's but, just but offering him an instrument. that's the whole point. No, I, I know it's the whole point. No, 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 the, what, what, the, no. Let me make my point, though. The whole point is the fall of the Jedi was because they would not allow emotion, uh, emotional attachment. But, but that's the same thing Luke is doing. Right. And I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying he's, he's making the same mistake. You, you, I mean, I think my, his, my, my, I think his whole thing of, of going to Grogu and, and saying, you have a choice, was a mistake. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. There, okay, sure. But that's a, that's a ham-fisted way to get... Um, Grogu back with the Mandalorian. Is this better? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I I guess what I'm saying, and I'm I'm not associating my emotions with the Jedi perspective, right? Is that as as a human being Mm -hmm. that watches this this science fiction and having spent years. You know, uh, cr- I'm cr- sorry, uh, Ed. I have to stop you there. Uh, Star Wars is life. Star Wars is cr- life. Star Wars this, happened a cr- long time cr- ago in created, a galaxy far, far away. this ethos, right? <laughs> it is hard for me to accept the the decision of offering the lightsaber of of Master Yoda yeah. to Grogu. Well, funny enough, you're not alone because there's a lot of people had a problem with that. That piece of the story in particular. You know, I, I, don't watch, I don't watch the YouTube videos or, or anybody's commentary on this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that I'm giving you is purely from... No, I love it. I love it. No, it's great. I don't really either. I hadn't had a chance to talk to you guys about this yet, but there yeah. was a, a co-worker before the finale... Oh, the Before the, the finale of Boba Fett aired. Or, I'm sorry, let me back up. Yeah, before the finale aired. The episode you guys are talking about where mm-hmm. he's given the choice... This coworker, we start talking about Star Wars, and he's all into the stuff that Duncan, you can't stand. Like, right, right. This guy starts talking to me about, um, a, you know, oh well, there's this YouTuber that talks about 
this civil war that's going on oh, inside Disney break. and and uh, you know between Kathleen Kennedy. I and know this idiot. John yes, Favreau. I know exactly what you're and, talking and about. And what this what what my coworker was saying is he's like, look, you know, the whole thing is who was Luke's first real student? You know, was Kylo Ren. And if Grogu chooses the lightsaber and chooses to be Luke's thing, that automatically like retcons out all those sequels and. But that's a that's, that, a, that's a similar based on a yeah. failed <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, storyline. I mean, it's pretty silly, but yeah. yeah, I think I think the one thing you guys are are, I, I'm going to say this wholehearted like wholeheartedly in in jest, but with a little bit of seriousness, mm-hmm. they needed to get Grogu back with Din Dejarin. Agreed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't personally like that. I was really hoping Mandalorian season three would take us somewhere new with him. But I didn't, well, I didn't, not did, they got to sell Disney's got to sell, sell toys. Yeah, they got to sell those action <laughs> figures. So, Gro- so Grogu's not making Disney money training with Luke. That's two, right. Two, two or three things about that. One, I, 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 my personal perspective was the Mandalorian was only going to continue with Grogu in it. Two, I was really. Did you really think that from the from? Yeah, you, yeah, you didn't, absolutely. You, when Grogu left, you thought, no, that's not the end of it. That's not the end of okay. it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I thought somehow they were going to come back, and, yeah. and maybe there was going to be interaction. I didn't realize it was going to be like this. Right. Okay. Okay. Two, um, I I think that the insertion of the Mandalorian and Grogu into this did a really big disservice to the story of Boba Fett. I will agree with that 150%. So uh, that was my I, least favorite thing of the series. I, now, now, did I love those episodes? Love those episodes. Love They're great. Those that episodes. story is great. And it's they should in have the belong in, yeah. They should have belonged so, in the Mandalorian. Agree. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I, I both. I sit on the fence with this. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. I, and I understand that point of view, but at the same time, if you go look at the way Filoni tells these stories, go back to the Clone Wars. That's such there a good are point. a hundred story a arcs point. inside yeah. the Clone Wars that have absolutely nothing to do with the Clone Wars, true, true. and, and they're right. not continuous. So. They they mm-hmm. they jump back and forth. So, but, I, I, but I, this was, but this isn't a Filoni production. This is a Favreau production. Filoni only came into, but this he's one of the head writers, though. He, he is crafting these stories. Yeah, he, this, he, he hasn't written anything except this one, I believe, in this series. I of think. Boba Fett. I think what stings the most about that is. It, that's just a Filoni thing. He's he's you know building care you know building that. Let's bring Din Djarin back. Yeah. How did Grogu? You know this is all the show where they fit into the season finale of Boba Fett. Right. But that's not really deviating too much from the way he tells the stories. What sucks about this is if you look at a typical season of Clone Wars, we got 22, 24 episodes. That's exactly right. And here, you, here you get eight. Yeah. And it's like okay, you've you've essentially wasted two Boba Fett episodes. Right. As a matter of fact, so I'm going to go right back real quick. Jean Favreau and Dave Filoni are the only writers of Chapter Six. And before that, and after that, it was only Jean Favreau. And that's not what I'm saying. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely 100 percent right on that. What I'm saying is, they're crafting. Those two gentlemen are crafting the arc of the story. In other words, they know what the beginning is, they know what the middle is, and they know where they're going. Mm. And they're, they're helping to craft that arc. Uh, I know Dave Filoni's doing that because he's... Dave Filoni, as, as far as I understand, is the modern equivalent of Lucas now. Oh, he's, he was he's, his protege. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, he's the guy that Lucas... Hit with the sword on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he, he was knighted into this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I think he's just as much a, a, a force within the Star Wars universe now as Lucas ever was in the beginning. 
I mean, I think he has the same uh, a level of importance as far as the story is concerned. And the items brought into the story. Mm-hmm. Darksaber was brought into the story because of Dave Filoni. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it was. Um, the, the Mandalorian, a lot of the pieces and parts of the uh, first season, the Filoni has got his hands all over that. I'm, I'm going to have a plug here. I think, okay. Especially since this is going to go on the Aetherwebs. Yeah, yeah. That at some point I would love to get Filoni and Favreau on here. Oh, would that be great? John Favreau, Dave Filoni, it is, ever at any time oh, you're listening to this podcast right? or whatever, if somebody mentions to you there are these three geeks in San Antonio, Texas, yeah. who want to speak to you. <laughs> it could <laughs> happen, you never know. On their non-violent well, podcast. Absolutely. You know, they're just people, and uh, you know, everybody likes free plugs, right? As, as super fans of, <laughs> of you know, your... Well, I think, I think what we're going to need there is we're going to need everybody's help out there. So if you're listening to this right now, subscribe, uh, like the podcast, listen to us. Uh, every time you we come on, we're going to be talking about the things that you guys all love. And look, we want to hear from you. You're going to see us on Facebook. You're going to see us on Instagram. Pop in. Uh, give your opinion of the opinion. If you don't like the the, the episode that we uh, made, uh, okay, great. We, we're probably going to ignore that comment. <laughs> but if you if you have something nice to say or you want to hear a, a topic, uh, put that in there. Um, the, the the site is up on Facebook. Is that Correct. Yeah. Geek, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Geek Podcast. Geek Podcast yeah, on Facebook. And, and I'm going to add, if you disagree with us and you can disagree with us in a civil, adult way, yeah, I, I would rather almost we hear love, from you. We love... Because uh, uh, we disagree with each other all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but we have really good outcomes and we have really good discussions and, and that leads to you know further evaluation of, of the way that we critique movies Well, and also the way we think about them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys have definitely changed my, my mind on some things and moved yeah. me into Certain ways. And I will say this as the least critical member of our little crew here, you guys have definitely made me more critical. Really? You have definitely made me more critical about the, the entertainment I watch. In fact, I've I've only I've only ever walked out of one comic book movie. And there have been a lot of stinkers out there, by the way, but I've only ever walked out of one. And it broke my heart to walk out of it. Which one? It was Batman on Ice. It was the Joel Schumacher, <laughs> the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Batman and Robin. I, I Batman and Robin. Yeah. That was it. I got halfway through that turd, and I and it was nothing against the actors. I like Arnie. I didn't like him as uh, as Doc, uh, you know Mr. Freeze. I, I like Clooney. I didn't like him as Bruce Wayne. It's nothing against those folks. Joel Schumacher just made a 60s Batman parody for modern day, and I didn't care for that. We had the 60s. I yeah. like that Batman, but I didn't care for this. Oh, we could have a whole topic just on Batman alone. Oh, and we will. And we will. And we will. We, we should. Uh, it's something near and dear to my heart. But, but, um, to, to, and, and the reason why this is a big deal, because you guys out there listening don't know me as well as these two gentlemen do, is that I'm, I'm pretty easy on movies. I don't, I don't necessarily find a lot of criticism with stuff. I, I mean, I'm an avid Adam Sandler fan. I know people that can't stand Adam Sandler and, and his films. I, I love every one of them. And the stupider, the better. I, I think that's just fun. I think that's a, a fun way to spend an hour and a half. I think that's how I've changed over the course of the years. So I used to love just silly, mm-hmm. stupid stuff like, mm-hmm. like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Right. right? right. And, I, and I still enjoy watching it. But... I think I've become more critical and judgmental, yeah. you know, in, in my older years, and and uh, I I don't necessarily like, and we'll talk about this when we talk about yeah. pacemaker, you know. Well, uh, we, I don't really enjoy the silliness of some some of these things. Okay, so, okay, well yeah. that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I guess but, I think if it's a if it's a, a serious 
subject matter and, and look at the... Not, not, not even serious subject matter. Even things that, that I think should fit in my head a certain way. Oh, right? oh. You know, like, like Boba Fett or like The Mandalorian. And, and if they show silly, stupid stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't really care for that. Yeah. But, you know, the campiness of the things these days really don't excite me anymore like, like, like mm. they used to. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. We, we all change. We all, we, we all change. We That's all evolve. True. That's true. Right? But, That's but true. There are certain things I still laugh at. Like yeah. even when I was watching, and I'll call it correctly, even even when I was watching watching Peacemaker, there were some things that made me laugh. For the, for those of you that don't know, Dead does not like Peacemaker, but I, I think it's not a Peacemaker thing. And we're going to talk about this next episode um, because we're not going to get to it this episode. We're already at, at, a, at an hour and twenty two minutes. So I want to wrap up the show. But um, the 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 thing uh, about Peacemaker that Ed I don't think really likes is John Cena. <laughs> You're not a big John Cena fan, right? I love John Cena. Do you really? I I, I, I misunderstood. I I think that he is the wrong person for this role. Oh, I could not disagree with you more. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I okay. think he's the wrong person. But I, I I think the the storytellers or the story writers are are doing a real disjustice to the the potential of this character. Okay, and and, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's the storytelling that that is causing. That wrong person for the wrong role mentality, right? Well, I, and, and maybe, I like that. I want to talk about and that. And maybe word. John Cena is the right person, yeah, but yeah. they're they're giving him the wrong stuff in my mind. Mm, and okay. I'd, I'd love to see that change. Well, I, I would love to discuss that Can't with you next we talk next about that. next uh, episode. We're going to talk about that. Um, so well, let's let's wrap it up here, folks. Listen, we've talked for almost an hour and a half now. I've had a blast. What about you boys? Absolutely. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I think as we uh, go into the future, we're going to have a lot more of these conversations. Uh, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for the Geet podcast for this this episode, episode number one. We want to thank everybody that's listening out there. Remember, go out there, like our podcast on Facebook, give us your uh, opinions, give us your uh, ideas for new topics. Topics that you want us to talk about, and uh, we'll be here same time. Uh, and give us a couple weeks, we'll put another episode out and talk more. Any Sounds final great. thoughts from you guys? Not this has been this has been a, a lot of fun. Right, it's absolutely. It's been a long time coming. So no I'm doubt. Glad, I'm glad we we finally did our first one. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Geek Podcast. Find us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Uh, in particular, uh, we're on Anchor. You can find us there. Uh, but go out and give us a listen. Uh, give us a like. Subscribe. Uh, we want to hear about you. More to come in the following weeks. We're definitely going to get our Patreon set up uh, because it always takes a little bit of help to get this done. And we're funding this ourselves. So uh, we want to thank everybody for listening today. Um, and we'll see you next, next time. time. Get geeked. All right. All right.